1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
0: now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG 13. Ah uh, yes. Welcome to the roundup, folks. Matt White with you here, right around the SEN Network Monday mornings in sport just became a whole lot clearer until the footy starts and everything gets complicated again because the countdown is on to the NRL season. It's getting close and the man who'll make sense of it all every Monday. Morning, Matty Johns. Good morning to you, Matthew. Good
1: morning, Matty. I'll try to can be difficult, as you <laughs> said, through the year. Always, pl- always plenty going on, on and off the field.
0: Well, it's easy at the moment. In three days' time, it'll get a whole lot harder because that's when the world tips upside down, although Rugby League has the gift of always giving. Now, listen, last time we spoke, last Monday, we didn't do the roundup because you were busy with Fox Sports. You were mm. sitting down with a whole stack of players. So anybody who sat in front of you who impressed you or you thought, you know what, these guys are in for a big season.
1: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, Matty? Like you, you talk to the players before a season starts, uh, and particularly in that environment. It's a bit like going at the, going to the races and having a look at the, the horses' parade. You get a bit of a feeling of which ones are ready to go and which ones are sweating up a little bit. Uh, i tell you what, South Sydney, the South Sydney boys, Cody and uh, Luttrell in particular, really in a good headspace. Yeah. Looked op- optimistic about their season. Very, very happy football side. Look, we interviewed the cheese and, and Victor, so you know where you're going to get there. Yeah. it's hard to get a read. <laughs> it's hard to get a read on those two blokes. But yeah, that look, they, in my opinion, they were the standouts. Raiders boys were good. Um, look, you can read into a lot, I mean, it, it comes out in hindsight. I will say this, is um, like the the Parramatta boys were pretty steely. Right. Uh, when Fletch asked Ring Kim- Campbell-Gillard, um, you know, thoughts on the, the grand final. Was silence, met with silence, a bit of a steely look. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, you, as I said, you read in, the other side looked good were uh, North Queensland. That that young side, they come in and there was a bit of a buzz about them. V- very, very confident. I met Jeremiah Nanai for the first time and shook his hand. I've never seen hands so big, which can give an indication... Why he can pluck those bombs out of the year,
0: why he scores so many tries from kicks. He's even too lucky. just brilliant young players it's interesting isn't it mate what you get pre-season from what they say what they don't say what they look like what they're thinking and then it all starts in a couple of days time so you've just had your last weekend like most of us before the footy season mm. begins i've been down in tassie doing uh, speed series motorsport so i've been in motorsport land for the last three days in Launceston yep. and got home late last night thankfully my jet star flight actually took off um, and got me home, which, oh, <laughs> which which was good. What about you? What did you get up to for your last weekend before it all gets weird? Maddie, look, a couple of weeks before the season
1: starts to give myself a little bit of clarity, I I I, I actually go sober. Um, yeah. Awful, just yeah. an awful two weeks to be <laughs> honest. And you know, so I just I sit at home and have a bit of and relax so I usually go down to the locals and see a couple of mates but if you're trying to go sober you don't put the head in the lion's mouth nah. and so it was it, it was low key it was low-key. It was good. I'm getting ready for the season to start.
0: All right. We've got a fair bit to get through this morning. Later on, I'll have a uh, special guest on the program, Gold Coast Titans hooker now. Sam Verrills still sounds a little bit weird. Sammy Verrills, four years at the Roosters, of course, with the cheese going there. He had to move on, and he's done so. We'll, so we'll catch up with Sam Verrills. Uh, on his way to training early this morning. Three days to go. We'll take a deep dive, Matty, into round one and the season ahead. So I want to see uh, who you've got in your top eight, who your wooden spooner is and who wins the premiership. The players versus the game situation. We'll discuss where that is at and what happens next. And more importantly, news around the player signing date change possible. So from November 1 to maybe back to June 30, what does all that mean? The Dragons, are they the team under the most pressure? Will Everyone knows that uh, Anthony Griffin probably is when it comes to coaching, but what are the real expectations of St. George Illawarra this year? The Broncos, damaged goods or good enough to give the top eight a shake? The Dolphins, was Wayne Bennett's plan always about 2024? So some signings starting to happen and the rivalry building already with the Bronx. And then away from footy, Floyd Mayweather. This caught my attention across the weekend, Maddie, and something that you like. But would you pay to see him fight a reality TV star. Are you over exhibition boxing matches that don't mean anything but a bank balance for a bloke who's already got too many zeros to count? Well, that's it, Matty. I mean, I go.
1: I've been conned into these fights so many times. I've I finally learned my lesson. You know, guys like Jake Paul and and Floyd Mayweather. It's, I tell you, it's 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 a, a tricky one. Now, but it's something. We'll put it this way. From the WBA, WBO, IBF, WBC, that's enough of a mess there. Without all of a sudden, you have got guys who are saying, "Oh, listen, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to you know, do a fight for the world rankings. I mean, What's the mm. point? I'll just go and do an exhibition fight and pick up a hundred million dollars." In Floyd's case, so, mm. I mean, some of the, you know, whether you think it's a farce or not, which for most point, uh, it is, it is a farce. <laughs> but it's, I mean, he's an incredible businessman the moment, you know, fifty you know retires from boxing, but has just been going around knocking guys out in a round or two, or literally just taking the piss, walking into them and fatiguing them by not even throwing a punch. Mm. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I think, I think he fought the Japanese guy over there. You think he got hundred and eighty million for that? He's just lobbying at different places and just cleaning up. I think the last one. I mean, the one that really lit the fuse for it was when he fought Conor McGregor. There was just so much interest around that. There was talk that he ended up getting about 350 million out of that. And it just goes on and on and on. And I suppose, I, I just watching that fight, I mean, fighting a guy from Geordie, Shore. <laughs> I mean, and look, I, I think it said it all. Nobody turned up for the fight. Yeah. It was just people just going, mate, this, this is just a step too far. And, uh, I think, you know, like you, just, you just can't take fights like that serious. Uh, they've conned us enough.
0: Six years after his professional career, but like you say, he continues to cash in and he talks about the amount of private jets that he's got, so he needs the money yeah. to pay the fuel well, bills.
1: Well, Matty, I'll, I'll give you an insight. You always look at boxes and you go, how do guys go from being, you know, having $300 million to having nothing? Well, a few years ago, myself and Gordy tell us, we went to the Super Bowl in Miami. And suddenly these two busloads and five SUVs full of guys turned up and it was Floyd and his entourage. I've never seen, it's the longest gravy train I've ever seen in my life and I said to Cordy, that's how they go from being billionaires to having nothing.
0: (laughs) Well mate, apparently he had 130 staff with him or or an entourage of around that for that fight against Aaron Chalmers, which is probably more than was in London's O2 arena. Now listen, uh, Snap Judgments this morning, thanks to Snap Fitness on a mission to help you feel fantastic, we'll do those. And the round up rapid fire Matty, so throughout the course of the next two hours, we're just going to fire random questions along the way our listeners can dive in 0457 736 736 or give us a call 1300 01 1170 so we'll just stop the conversation and chuck a random at you and see what happens now let's get to this uh, situation with the players v the game the cba deal they're saying could be done by wednesday which would be timely with the season starting thursday so we could probably put a bow around that what caught my eye is the player signing date change. Are the days of players signing with a new club more than a year out now over? Because it appears as though the NRL... Well, the NRL wants the June 30 date, which means that if you're going to play for a club next season, you would have to wait until June 30, round 17, to make that call this time around. Yeah, it makes sense, Matty. Although, oftentimes
1: with rugby league, Matty, you see things happen in the game, away from the game, video refereeing decisions—you um, know, all sorts of stuff. You know, on and off. And people always say, I hear this all the time. People go, "You know what? I'll never watch the game again." <laughs> do you know what? They always do. Rugby league, as we always say, is it's a soap opera for men. And sometimes these signings, are a fair way out. Um, We'll put it this way. If I lose Caelan Ponga a year and a half out, I'm absolutely filthy. Mm. But if I score Cameron Munster a year and a half out, I'm rejoicing. So it swings and roundabouts to a certain degree. But I think common sense is if it's past past 12 months or nine months or whatever they decide on it, to be honest, I think it's a good thing. Because what's happening, Matty? Like, and I can't get my head around this either. With a situation where someone will sign... Somewhere a player, but they have still got him on contract for next season, and then they go, well, he's signed somewhere else. Let's let him go now. But hang on, surely every season operates on its own merit, and that's why, like I've been saying about Newcastle, they yeah. should not let Dom go, uh, Dom Young go. He should be there for the next. Uh, this is a really important season for Newcastle, and and for a player like him, he just can't say, well, just because he signed for the Roosters, let's just let him go early, and we'll do some sort of swap. Well, no. Don't don't let don't
0: let other clubs bully you into letting some of your best players go. Well, remember that with Matt Burton and the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers mm. were absolutely adamant that they were not going to budge, and the Bulldogs were quite bullish about trying to make them do that. It happens in the world of business, Matty. I, I remember I did a deal that was, you know, I had six months to sit out at one network before I went to the other. And the other network tried damn hard to make that fast forward. And the network I was at was steadfast. They were like, no, mate, you can go in six months. We're happy for you. But not until that six months ends. So what are the pros and cons? What are the pros if you're a player? Let's say Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth, right? We know they've now done a deal to play at the Dolphins next season. They're going to have to play out the year at the Broncos. Under a proposed arrangement, they wouldn't have been able to do that until June 30. But what's the pros if you're a player of getting a deal done early? Well, Matt, the obvious one is the ability to plan, and particularly
1: if you've got a family, but I think that argument is flawed because you see it in professional sport in America. Yep. There's that scene in Moneyball where you know, where they I think it was Jonah Hill's character is talking to Brad Pitt and says oh, he's got, Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt have got to move this guy on. He said, I don't know how to do it. He said, I'll show you how to do it. calls the guy and says, I've got some news for you. We've traded you to to Detroit. So get your bags and we've got to fly for you. And he goes, OK, no problem. He said, that's how you do it. Players, when it's for their benefit, find a way to move in a week or two. But then on the other side of the argument, said, oh, we need time. You don't really need that much time. What are the pros? Oh, I think for the side, look, on a club point of view, for the side that are getting a quality player – it gives a bit of a boost of morale. Um, uh, as far as the club, as far as the, you know, the player and the club he's leaving, for the player, it can get problematic because all of a sudden, if the Broncos lose four in a row and Herbie and Thomas aren't playing that good, people will say, yeah. well, they're not even interested. You know, So you, if you're going to sign early to a club, then you want to have a good season. You've got, to, you've got you owe it to the club it's supporters,
0: but you, but tell you what, you you don't want to be playing poor or below your best because you'll be the scapegoat. There's injuries as well, isn't there? I mean, there's there's injuries yeah. to think about because anything can happen just around the corner. On the Flegler and Farnworth situation, um, I, I'm going to ask you about Wayne Bennett's role in all this a little bit later. But what about Kevi Walters' role in this? Are we are we stretching too far to say? A couple of weeks ago, or last week, the Broncos announced that Kevi Walter's going to stick around for another two years. And all of a sudden, within a week, two of his players are saying, we're not sticking around. Mm. Are we reading a bit too much into that? Oh, look, in, in the Farmworth situation, matey.
1: my hunch is this, is that I've had a, basically, uh, I've had people say to me that, that. Herbie is desperate to play fullback. I mean, they all want to play fullback. Even the front rowers want to play fullback these days because it's fullback money. But he wants to play fullback. And they give him the indication that they're going to give him a crack there. But all of a sudden, you've got Reese Walsh at the club. And then you saw Cobo there as well. And I think he's seen himself just pushed down the pecking order. And so I'd say Wayne said to him, mate, Herbie, you come here and you'll play fullback. I think that's been the attraction. You know, like, I really feel for Kev. Kev has had just no breathing space, no wriggle room at all. It just, it appears to me that the whole time that he has been at the Broncos, he's been under pressure, there's been mixed messages, he's had players on podcasts have a shot, he had Tyson Gamble having a shot at him, and it's like the club leads him on, right, we're we going to extend his deal. oh, hang on, no, 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 well, let's just wait till round 10, oh, you know, things are going good, oh, they've lost a couple in a row, let's just hold back. Like, the bloke, honestly, he, he, he wouldn't know if he's Arthur or Martha, like they've just, they've really screwed him around. Is
0: that, is that part of the Broncos way though? I mean, you don't have to be Kevy Walters. You don't have to be Wayne Bennett. You don't have to be Anthony Seabold. I mean, that, that sort mm. of situation seems to pop up just because of, I mean, who, I, they, are. who they are,
1: it's, it's, it's inbuilt. built. Yes. it's a, it's a, it's a, such a huge club to watch. I was discussing it with, um, one of my young neighbours the other day, he was talking about, you know, the Broncos. And, and I said, you got no idea. I said, when the Broncos first come into the comp, up until, you know, into the early 2000s, they were probably the biggest brand in Australian sport, alongside Collingwood. Um, they were just huge. Like, they say back in, in 97, when they did the World Club Challenge, and Wigan went to, I'm uh, um, sorry, um, and, and uh, Broncos went to England to play, there was a massive billboard in London saying... The Broncos are coming. That just shows the profile they had. Their their profile, in my opinion, was almost like the All Blacks. They were the team. If yep. the Broncos went after you, you went there. They've just it's just diminished so much their ability to draw players. Uh, where are they at at the moment, as far as this season is concerned? Oh, and sorry, and what that does, Matty, hand in hand that that means pressure. It's pressure on players if you don't perform, and it's pre- it's pressure. It's pressure on coach. They need, they need some stability, the Broncos, and start to build this squad or let this young squad develop under a uh, under a common voice and coaching staff. Uh, the, the Broncos, when they came in the other day, Matty, I had a look at their side and I went, my Jesus, they've got a good young pack of forwards. Yeah. They've got a great halfback and they've got great outs, outside backs and young players. I looked and said, mate, if this side fulfils its potential, they're pushing top four. But I just don't trust them at the moment. I just don't trust them. My, my problem with the Broncos is, is that when they... I've got no doubting their talent, but my problem is when they... At some point in the season, they're going to lose three
0: in a row. Can they get through to the other side? Because in recent years, they've just... They've fallen apart. What happens when the heat's on? That's the good one, uh, and that's going to be one of the key questions. First, random of the day, round up, random. Do you care if Queensland hosted the NRL Grand Final every couple of years, Matty, or every few,
1: few years? No, no,
0: I, um, I wouldn't
1: at all, Matty. I, look, the rugby league, we've always f- financials has always been an issue. And I would have no problem of them putting it out to tender, as long like I, I put it this. Way, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take to Adelaide, a place like that. I, I, I would prefer it to be a, a rugby league city, but we need the money. I'd, ha, I'd have no problem with that, particularly if the state government aren't going to play ball.
0: Here, I, take it. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I see so many people say the grand final should be in Sydney. If you can come up with a really good definitive answer as to why, and especially you can mm. come up with the money to fill that hole that, that you're talking about, yeah. then then sure, I'll, I'll buy into that argument. Look, not, not for one second am I saying that.
1: Uh, we're a sport on the scale of NFL, that goes without saying. I'm stating the obvious there. But when you go to a Super Bowl, the whole city transforms into, like, NFL headquarters. It, it The whole city, everything that goes on is about the game and leading into the game. Honestly, so, like, you go, go going to, to Sydney in grand final week, you don't even know it's on. Yeah. You know, without sometimes a bit of a fan zone at Martin Place, which is pretty underwhelming, I'll be honest, uh, you just... They've got to do more with it. And and if the state government aren't willing to do more with it, take it to Queensland because look what they do with the magic, magic round. round.
0: Yeah, throw it out to tender. The Roundup Random, if you've got a random question this morning, we've got plenty of talking points to get through. 0457 736, 736. Hit us up on the text line at 01 1170. Matt White, Matty Johns with you for the Monday Morning Roundup. It sure is on this Monday morning, counting down to the season's start. Matty John's on the line. Now, season launches, Matty. So you guys had yours at Fox Sports. Nine had theirs, and the NRL didn't have one. Do they need one anymore? I
1: don't think so, Matty. I, I, look, Fox, as you said, we do one. Nine does theirs. You don't need another one on top. The NRL, they've got better things to spend their money
0: on. I, I don't think it was missed. Is the game hurting that much that we can't have a new ad campaign, though? Or do we leave yeah. that up to the broadcasters as well? Yeah, look, I think
1: I think they need an ad campaign. I, I think um, two two sides of this, Matty. I, I, I think the well, the one that I really would have poured a lot of money into. I and I mentioned it a couple of guys in the NRL. They they really need to do something promoting the NRLW. I think it's a way. It's a, like goes without saying. It's the biggest growth area in the game. But I think I think with a great advertising campaign, it can make a big impact. Uh, with females in, in, in the southern states, that makes sense, sitting yeah. there watching a, you know, a great commercial. Um, and they sit there and go, well, yeah, I want to watch that, because I want to I play that game or I want to watch that game, because a lot of times, Matty, with us sort of middle-aged men, and we're rusted on. Like if someone says to me, you want to go to an AFL game, I'm not an AFL man, and it doesn't matter how good a commercial they put in, I'm not going to go. However... You know, if I had a daughter and she's watching the NRLW and they've got these amazing advertising campaigns, that's where they go, you know what, I'd like to go and watch that or I want to play that one day.
0: Which is interesting, isn't it? Because you go all the way back to your original Tina Turner campaigns, you know, obviously simply the best, but what you get is what you see. And that was about Mm. about bringing the female audience to the male game. And now we can use the female game to further the female audience. And, and to bring in the male audience, it's the other yep. way around. Yeah. Where suddenly,
1: you know, the daughter starts to play NRLW in Perth. So, you know, so the brother and the, and the old man and that start to go and they understand the rules of the game. And that's how, that's how it grows. It's just a different way of thinking about things. And, and what's, Maddie, let, let's be like, like, young women have changed so much in the last 20 years. Like, I don't think, like, young women, I think they, they really like the physicality now. Like there's like if you watch UFC, there's female boxing and stuff like that. I think the way they view themselves, as far as sports are concerned, is different. And I think the NRLW is the perfect product for young women. Mm. Yeah, for young women who are that sort of where they, you know, they want to get out there, they want to tackle. You know, they're not. um, It's just changed, in my opinion, the way we think about women's sport. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just it's, it's it's. Through this whole CBA thing, this is the number one thing that's worried me a lot, is that we're going to break momentum with the women's game.
0: Yeah, it's certainly been put on hold. It appears as though there are some conditions still to be figured out from the NRLW side um, for employment for those players outside the top 30, the player signing deadline that we spoke about. But you get the feeling they're getting closer. We'll discuss whether the Dragons are the team under the most pressure in 2023. What about Wayne Bennett? What's Wiley old Wayne up to up there at the Dolphins? We'll dig into that a little bit deeper on the other side of the news on the roundup. Thank you very much, Vanessa. The roundup continues with Matty Johns, 0457 736 736 on the text line. Matty, this one from Troy the Slippery Eel says, Morning Whitey in the 88th Immortal. Uh, I feel like the grand final should be shopped around, but only between the states that have NRL teams. Why can't it go to Townsville? They did a great job with the origin. I believe Sydney take the grand final for granted. That's why it's not a spectacle compared to what you're mentioning, the way that Super Bowl do it in NFL, because they may not see another Super Bowl for 10 years, so they make it something special and a big event. Bring on round one. Uh, look, those last two words to me, Matty, are the keys. Big event. That's what the NRL has to be. The The grand final's the grand final, but it needs to be a big event, a weak event.
1: And, and Matty, rugby league essentially is a TV sport. We want people going to the stadiums, yes, but it's the, uh, Kerry Pack used to say it's the perfect TV sport. And so if it's played at the MCG, let's say, for instance, right, and it's going to be a, and it's a sellout, really? Does it matter? Like, are we, are we really worried about it, that in Sydney? If you've got 100,000 people in, at the game, even if it's in Victoria, right, is, is that a problem? As, as I'll go back to the same. It is a television sport. It doesn't matter where it's played as long as the stadium is full.
0: Yeah, 100%. The Dragons, Matty, are they the team most under pressure? What's your read on St George Illawarra from what you've seen, what you've heard, what we know has been going on or perhaps not going on?
1: Well, if you're a Dragons fan, it's like the hits just keep on coming. And bad, you know, a really poor end of last season. You had the pr- presentation fiasco and there's just been numerous things go on in the offseason. Uh, poor trial form. And then, yeah, this is a situation where the players are pushing and shoving having Look, I've seen this a million times with players. You know, they might have a couple of beers, they argue, and they put this, like, it's not, that side of it is not a massive deal. The, the thing that is a big deal is that it's 6 or 6.30 in the morning and the boys have still been on, on the grog. That That's that's the concern for me. And that's for if I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm, I'm just going away, going, mate. I think I've just totally lost control of the playing group, or lost them. So they've got to buy, like, yeah, like, uh, like if if I'm if I'm a George Ellawara player, I want to play round one because I want to put all that behind us. I want to go out there, I want to do a str- put in a strong performance. And they got another a stay of execution. They have got another week, and I just wonder, Matty, if in round one uh, or round two, should I say, they put in another stinker, what do they do with Anthony Griffin?
0: well that's going to be my that was my next question. They've got the Titans in round two it's in fact the last match of the round, so they've got to wait until yep. Sunday March twelve at six o'clock to finally get on the field like you say that's yep. that's what those players will be dying to do so how How long do you wait when you're the club? I mean obviously that you know normally Maddie, it's five or six weeks, and then we start to question what's going on. but with everything mm. that you've just mentioned. There's a fair argument to say if we're going to make any kind of move, whether it's play, whether it's some sort of reshake, it's the coach or whatever, perhaps we need to do it earlier. I mean, yes. if the bells start ringing, honestly, after round two, shouldn't they have addressed that before the thing even started? Well, Matty, the guys who who they're looking at, by all reports, and I, I
1: I would absolutely agree with this. Jason Riles and a coaching partnership of Benny Hornby with Dean Young being the head coach. Now, the problem here is those three guys are assistant coaches at Premiership Contenders. Right? So it makes it very hard. If, if suddenly the Dragons come banging on the door of Dean Young, well, Todd Payton writes to say, Dino, mate, you have been, you're a vital part of this campaign, mate, we're not going to let you go. I know the Roosters have put something in place with Giles, Jason rolls to say, mate, no, you are not leaving as the assistant until the end of your contract. Um, and so that's a difficult thing. So yeah. if they have a really slow start, start to the year, people will be calling for change. Is it okay? What do they, you know, what do they do? Do they? You know, are they able to get one of these guys out of their contracts? Do they put an interim in or do they just have to bite down, hold their nerve and just go the season with Anthony
0: Griffin? Well, with all due respect to the interim, and, and it poses a big problem, like you say, but with all due respect, quite often what you're saying to your fans is, you know what, we're building again which means, you know yep. what, we're going to have to suck it up again. And, and fans just, you know very well, Matty, oh, fans don't like, members don't like that. They pay for success. They demand success. And if you're saying to them, we're going to put you on hold for another year, mm. you know, the, the, the mutiny starts.
1: Well, at Newcastle, we've had a five-year plan for the last 20 and um, what happens is just about when the house is complete, we decided to knock it over again and do another five-year plan. So once the 25-year plan comes through, I'd say it's going to be it's going a be awesome. house. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of huffing and puffing in that house. Now, while we're speaking about coaches, a round-up random questions just lob for me. Which new coach this season has the best season? So I've got Cameron Seraldo, Anthony Siebold, Tim Sheens, or Andrew Webster. So they're the four new coaches. I mean, some have been there before, but they're the four new coaches back in the game.
1: Well, wow. uh, look, I think it'll either be I think it'll be Serraldo or um, or Subs. I think both of those sides. I think I, look, Seraldo will do an incredible job if he can get him into the finals this year. But it's not beyond them. Uh, and Anthony Subald, his start at Manly has been really strong. It's only been trial form, but but they've looked. They've looked really, really sharp. So, look, I'll say, uh, look, I'll tell you what, I live in the Manly area, and so I won't be biased, and I'll say Cameron Sorraldo.
0: <laughs> okay. Cameron Soraldo yeah. to get the best season of those. Uh, thanks to Snap Fitness, we're also doing Snap Judgments this morning. It is with you every step of the way, snapfitness.com.au. How's your fitness regime? So a couple of weeks off the, off the cans, yeah. are you firing up? I tell you, mate it, it makes training in the morning
1: a lot easier. Yeah. That's for sure, when you're not doing it under duress. And it's the immense. I was talking to a mate yesterday, who uh, a mate who had six months, you know, not having a beer. And I said to him, "It's only been a few weeks for me." I said, "But the clarity." It's unnerving. It's so bizarre to wake up on a Monday and actually feel
0: fresh and motivated. And see yourself properly in the mirror. It scares the Jesus out of you, doesn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, you yes were spotted,
0: by the way. You have been spotted out there running, pounding the pavement. Uh, no, walking. Okay. Maybe. So walking, walking very, walking. <laughs> walking no, very right. fast.
1: Yes. They might've thought I was taking a rest in between runs or sprints. <laughs> I have not run in, in over five years. Yeah. I'm
0: with you. As soon as the calf muscle goes, that's your body telling you that Done. the number next to your name doesn't want to go any further. The dolphins. So we've spoken about Herbie Farnworth, now Tom Flegler. So two key signings for 2024. Let's backtrack a bit here, Maddie, because when the Dolphins were born and we knew that they mm-hmm. were coming in and then Wayne Bennett is, is there and then we see the jumper and the sponsor, everything's falling into place except for the big name. Now, everybody's yep. been saying, where's the big name? They courted many and didn't get any. And then everybody's saying, well, hang on a second, what, what's Wayne Bennett up to? Wayne's saying, cool your jets, folks. I've seen this movie before. When I look at what they're piecing together now... And I'm sure they would have loved to have get uh, loved to have gotten the big signings that they were after. Are they playing the waiting game for 2023 and putting their eggs in the 2024 basket? Well,
1: yeah, I think look, there's no doubt there's a long term plan. My 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 issue is this is that they've they've signed some really important senior players, uh, the Bromwich brothers and uh, Tony Kafusi, right? And they're, they're really important signers because there's going to be young guys coming through and they're going to teach teaching these young guys how to train, how to prepare, um, how to lead on the field, how to hold your nerve in the arm wrestle, all those things that are really important. But, you know, those guys have only got two years. And so in a couple of years' time, they unless they can go and really start to build some depth now, they might, in a couple of years' time, find, them, find themselves a little bit where they are at the moment. The the Farnworth and Flegler signings are a really good one. They're good ones because it's it's the battle now of Brisbane to try to get the best young crop of players coming out of school, and they're going to be coming. Little bit, you've got the Titans to compete with, and you've got you got the Broncos and you've got the Dolphins, and they're all going to be f- fighting over the same players. So for him to land for for Wayne to, to land a couple of blows is really important. Um, and it's really important for the Dolphins to get off to a good start, Wayne. Um, there's a lot of pessimism around because of that last trial. I, I get that, but there's just one thing Wayne is very good at, like Tim Sheens is good at, is watching a playing group and straight away working out. Okay, this is what they need. This is how they need to play. This is how I coach this guy. I, I can. I don't think. I, I don't think the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will find a way to get out of that bottom four.
0: Okay, so how how high do you reckon they can go then?
1: Well, I would say I'd say the Dolphins will sit somewhere between I think about uh, well when I said out of the bottom four I I think the highest they can finishes around around eleven, yeah. but that's going to be that's going to be a good
0: run of injuries, and Wayne weaving some of his magic. Mm. It's a heck of a start to your premiership campaign. Does it mean that when the 18th team comes in, and it eventually you've got to say that it will, does it mean that they can look at that and say, OK, we, we might be in the position, depending on where we are, that we'll need a headline player, but yeah. perhaps the lessons learned out of the Dolphins is hold fire for a little bit. If that headline player doesn't yeah. come, then we don't need to rush it.
1: Oh, we've got to be really careful bringing another side in, Matty. Um, that 's it's they have got to be really really careful because i, I think the they 'll be nervous about the next couple of years with the dolphins because they 've you 've got to get traction early uh and when they signed when you said about marquee signings what the dolphins everyone said right who who was the marquee signings for the dolphins well the marquee signing was Wayne and when they saw when they signed Wayne, they just thought everything would fall into place they said right so you know we 've got the Queen bee there and everyone else will come. We'll, you know, we'll go have a go at Munster. If we don't get him, we'll have a go at Ponga. And then one by one, they realised they still couldn't pick up players. Wayne was, Wayne was, he was the man. He was the marquee signing. And it did surprise me how difficult they found recruitment. But uh, yeah, they, they've got to, they've got to keep going. Uh, the, the the spot, the creative side of the team is is a concern. But again, I come back to the to the point. I think Wayne will play a style of football. That eventually they'll be a tough side to play and a tough side to beat.
0: This is the roundup with Matt White, Matty Johns, and your random questions. Keep them coming. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll hit some of them after this. Now, here's a good random question on this Monday morning for you, Maddie. Who will have a better year and why? Andrew Webster, the coach, or Andrew Webster, the chief sports writer for the Sydney Morning Herald? <laughs> Definitely
1: Andrew Webster, the coach. Well, I don't know. Definitely. Mate,
0: Webby came out firing last week. He's, he's back with a vengeance.
1: Yes, he's up on his toes, Webby. Yes. He was uh, handing out a bit of stick last Friday on the show. But uh, I tell you what, Maddie, it'll be... Mate, I, I think about guys like uh, Webby and Buzz and those guys. Honestly, the start of the season, we look we, we look and go, oh, yeah, here we go. Um, looking forward to the season. You know, it's going to be a bit of a workload, but those blokes just fight at the front line all the time. Their, their weeks must be just full of people, player managers, players and coaches, ringing
0: them, just abusing them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just relentless, isn't it? Absolutely relentless. Now, listen, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury... Uh, Having a fight. So it's Saudi Arabia, um, this one. So you can tell us what's going on. But I've seen this morning that somebody's posted uh, a document that says that it was a script, um, that this is revision number four, the final script, that there's a script for this entire fight. Now, it's since come out that apparently this script is fake, but it looks pretty bloody good to me. Um, Fighters start off court. So round one, fighters start off cautiously, circling each other and throwing jabs. Jake Paul lands a solid left hook. Um, but Tommy Fury responds with a quick right hand. So they step through round two, all the way through the fight, what's meant to happen, and then some improvised moves around it. Um, fake or, or no fake? Nothing would surprise me <laughs> with,
1: with these guys, these uh influencers instagram influencers are moving into boxing they're making so much money out of it it would not surprise me at all mm. it's some of these fights honestly it, it's creeping into wwe it's into that realm and you just wonder right mate we spoke about it before about so floyd mayweather goes over and he fights a japanese fighter who is a kickboxer essentially he dithers around a little bit then decides to finish the fight in the second early in the second round Now, he ends up getting about 180, 190 million or something out of that. What, like, honestly, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman go to Zaire and fight one of the greatest fights of all times. And and suddenly, and and what happens is, mate, that they get $10 million each which at that time a fortune. Some of these other blokes, honestly, they're taking the piss and they're getting hundreds of millions of dollars. It just shows
0: you the farce. Mm. So they're into round four. So apparently what's going to happen in round five, and you can be our judge on this, Fury's eye is now almost completely closed because according to the fake script, uh, he has trouble in round four with his left eye. The doctor will determine that Fury can continue but warns him that he may have to stop the fight if his vision deteriorates any further. So if that happens in round five... Maddie, we're getting on we're loading on, on what's gonna happen on round six, seven, and eight because it's right in front of us on the on the oh, script man. apparently. Well the, the script. Well, Maddie, when you watch Volkanovski, that fight, um,
1: you look at it and you just go, Well, they're on one on one side of the thing. And I'm a boxing man. I love my boxing. I'm really looking forward to the Tim Zo fight, which again is a yeah. credible fight. But these fights do nothing for the sport, as
0: particularly when you compare it to what Volk was doing, How those fights in the UFC. Yeah, all right. I'm taking a look also at what they're meant to be wearing, what uh, songs they had. This is awesome. I mean, now this would get me back into boxing. If I had a script mm-hmm. for every, every fight that was going to unfold, at least I'd be able to follow it and say, are they following the script? How good are they at faking the eye injury? What's the doctor's role? In this, I mean, that's going to get yeah. me back and engaged. 0457 736, 736 We need to take a break. More on the other side. Uh, a couple of more random questions before we get to the news and then the second hour. We're going to do a deep dive into round one. So, Matty, I want your thoughts on each of the matches ahead of us in round one. But uh, off the back of our Andrew Webster question, uh, here's a text probably from Webby. Which Johns will have a better year uh, if you put them in order? <laughs> how do we, how do we okay. put them in order? So this order is Cooper, Jack, Andrew, you. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And leave Daniel out. I was, I was going to say Daniel one. <laughs> i tell you what, I'll go Jack two. Yeah. Cooper three. I'm four. Yeah. And then old Joey sitting at number five. I love I, – I sit there sometimes when I'm putting my show together on a Sunday and I just switch on the Sunday footy show and have a look at him just to see how hungover he is and how disinterested he looks. <laughs> and uh, – yeah. He's going okay, though, Joey. He's been up and back from Newcastle quite a bit. That yeah. fulfills him. That's really good for him. It's a do, good drive, isn't it? It's stuff. a good
0: drive to think,
1: you know,
0: <laughs> hey. I do it a lot, and that's a lot of thinking time. That's, that's a lot going on in that head for two hours. Oh, man. I'm trying to get him into podcasts. Yeah. I mean,
1: both Joey and I aren't really tech savvy as i've said before i don't own a computer or have an email address that's really got nothing to do with being savvy it's just so people can't find you but we yeah he, he, i said mate yeah with the
0: podcast let's let's he, do I that said, mate, the next hour because we're running out of time for the yes, news no problem second hour of the program Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line if you've got a random question for matty Johns on the roundup fire away we're just going to drop them in as they come in in fact one's just landed Matty, who's more likely to play State of Origin this year, Nico Hines or Sam Walker? I still think Sam's twelve months,
1: eighteen months away. I think uh, I think Nico Hines. You could pick Nico tomorrow, and boy, he's looked good in the trial games. With, once again, you you don't want to delve into. I'm not going to focus anything on his private life. That's his business. But it uh, it's just showed his mental toughness, um, and uh, his ability. Um, incredible! I, uh, with, with everything going on, I, I was really surprised he played in the Indigenous All Stars game. He was the best player in the field, and he backed it up. He was the best player in the field again against the Bulldogs. So, was, I said last Friday, if you if you're telling me who's going to get the Dallian medal, I'm doubling up and going Nico back
0: to back. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd tend to go with you if I had the money to put down. That's where I go. Now we know that you uh, do
1: have the. Matty, you do? Have show the money, me the money to put it
0: down. Let's not. Let's not cry Paul, mate. Hang on a second. Jake Paul's fighting uh, Tommy Fury. Now, this one in Saudi Arabia, they're up to round eight now, Matty. So it's emerged this morning. It's done and dusted. It's emerged this morning that there were reports that there was a fake script or a script going around about how the fight round by round would play out. Now, Mark uh, has been watching it while we've been having a little chat ski here, and uh, he's got the word on what's happened in round eight. According to the script, in round eight... In the final round, this is the script, Paul lands a huge right hand that sends Fury crashing to the canvas. Did that happen, Matt? Mark?
1: That happened, yes.
0: That happened. Okay. So that (laughs) happened to the script. Next line of the script, Fury tries to get up. Did that happen?
1: He did try to get up, yes. But, yeah,
0: says the script. He stumbles and falls back down. Did that happen? No, he was up pretty oh, quickly. The yeah. shit. Then yeah. okay, yeah. all He's right. He's not reading the script, so forget about the script. That one's all over. Uh, here's a text, boys. Optimistic Tigers fan here. Have to admit, I'm excited for the kickoff for the first time in a lot of years. The best thing out of the Raiders trial was twice when there was a loose ball on the ground. We were first to the ball. That's commitment we haven't seen in years. Fingers crossed says the one-eyed tiger. Matty, when you're Mm -hmm. looking at trial games or pre-season games and and back to what we were saying, when you're sitting in front of the players beforehand, you're interviewing them, Mm -hmm. but when you're looking at those games, what are you looking for that tells you that a team is on the right path? We don't know what's going to happen, Mm -hmm. but what do you look at?
1: Well, every side is different in the areas which they need to improve. Like Let's look at South Sydney. So South Sydney going into that Charity Shield trial, what I was looking for Souths is I wanted to see new attacking shapes, um, which I, I think their shapes in attack, particularly off Cody, started to become, t- sides were rooting it, it was becoming a little staid. I wanted to see n- new attacking shapes in around Cody. I wanted, once again, Damien Cook to be the focal point of their attack. And thirdly, I wanted to see a tougher defensi- defensive edge. The first two points really encouraged, great, but they're still a little bit too generous in their defence, but overall, it strengthened my opinion on the season they're going to have. Whereas, look at some of the other sides like the Tigers, as, as our man just said there. Like the, the the really impressive things, there's a ball on the deck. You have got to come up with it. That's the thing because they're a blue collar side. Regardless, you know of creativity and the, and all the points they rattled up against Canberra, the basis was desire. And getting out there and, and and competing on those those little ones, as they say, those one percenters. You can always you can always um, I think gauge desire by defensive intensity, and those things like kick chase coming up with that loose ball. So that's a really that's a great sign for the
0: tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which team? Another texter says, are you more excited to watch this year, the Tigers then or the Bulldogs? Both are interesting. Uh, Both are really interesting storylines, aren't they? Really interesting.
1: If there's, I, I, Matty, I don't see a sire what the Cowboys did last year, where you're talking about a possible wooden spoon and going through to a final four. I, I just don't see that. But I, I definitely think it's going to be the Bulldogs or the Tigers that do a startling improvement. I, I just, I, I just love Tim Sheen's coach sides. I'm, I mean, being a, being a playmaker, I'm a tactic, I'm attack-minded. I, I skew that way. Mm. And I just love the way Sheens goes about his football with skill-based ball movement. Uh, and let's not forget against, um, against the Raiders, there was no Apicorosau operating through the middle and there was no Luke Brooks. Now, there was no Luke Brooks. Now, Brooks has been maligned very much and been very much the scapegoat, scapegoat and the whipping boy. I think he's going to have a really, really good season. Corasao will take a lot of pressure off him. He'll get him. He'll encourage him to play straighter, and just that, and just Tim Sheen's ability—that old head, that cool head—to
0: uh, coach Brooks. I think it'll work really well. Uh, now, update from the Jake uh, Paul v. Tommy Fury fight. According to the script, this is how it ends. Um, Tommy will act out an eye injury, forces the referee to call off the fight, declaring Jake Paul the winner by TKO. No, Tommy Fury has won. So the script is oh! completely <laughs> script is completely crap. Wow. However, there are key moments that are meant to happen after the fight. Um, number one, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury argue with each other. So we need to check if that's happened. Jake Paul calls out KSI. Tommy asks for a rematch, and Jake grants it if it's in LA. And Tommy agrees, and then uh, the fight two setup starts to happen. Well, the one juicy thing about this fight,
1: I believe. Was that Jake Paul said that if Tommy beats him, he'll double, he'll give him his complete uh, fight purse. So I think it was 16 million. So I think Tommy might get 32. Ooh, no, 32 now. in the pocket. And then it was vice versa. So they basically put their purse up against each other. And I think Tommy Fury sort of reluctantly agreed. But if someone challenges like that, what are you going to say? No. Then it sort of shows you're not that confident for the fight. But yeah, if they followed that through, then Tommy Fury is. He's done very well for himself. Right. And I, I and and I am... like I, I didn't have very little interest in the fight, but I'm glad Tommy Fury won. At least he comes from a boxing family.
0: Yeah, well, I had interest in the fake script um, because yeah. it's <laughs> it sounded really good. I haven't seen the fight. I'm just getting updates while we're talking footy. Now, on that, let's do your top eight for season 2023. I've got to be honest, and I'm going to do mine later in the week. And the reason why mm. is, Matty, I'm still... I'm still flipping and flopping as to who's going to come on in because history tells us that two, possibly three, will come in and therefore two, possibly three, will go out. And that's where I'm landing. I've got a concern, and I played this out with my listeners last week about the Melbourne Storm. There's something Mm -hmm. in my gut feeling about the Melbourne Storm that they're perhaps one injury, one more injury away from doing what they've never done, which is you know, lose a couple of players and, and their fortunes change. I mean, their history says that we can overcome that. So that, that's probably my biggest question about the top eight. Let's rumble through yours. Right. Up. Uh, just firstly, I'll say the same thing. There are concerns
1: in and around Melbourne just on you to lose that many quality forwards, lose uh, that layer of depth and that layer of experience has got to tell. The Pappenhausen situation has me really worried. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be back to at least two-thirds of the way through the season. We're led to believe, possibly. Man, that makes it hard. Uh, If they lose Jerome, Harry Grant or Munster, they're in trouble. So my eight has been well, the back-to-back champions, going for the three in a row, Penrith. I've got the Roosters. I have uh, South Sydney. Uh, then I've got Cronulla fourth. I, I I just love the way, what I've seen around Cronulla in the trial games. And they're hard-nosed and disciplined enough to be a top-four side, I think, through the... Well, they're consistent enough, I'd say. Is there an over-reliance on Nico? Uh, probably slightly, but I still think they can get the job done. They're a blue collar, good blue-collar side. Melbourne Storm, five. Six, I've gone North Queensland. Seven, Manly.
0: Eight, Parramatta. So Manly come in at the expense of the Raiders for you? If you tell me Travojevic and DCE play 19 games plus, then yes, Manly. All right. So Raiders, the ones to go out. And the biggest jumpers for you then in your top eight will be South Sydney. finished seventh last year and you've got them inside the top four. Reasons behind that? Uh, just what I spoke about before I, I just, you can see that
1: they've worked very, very hard in the off-season Damian Cook didn't go away on the uh, on the World Cup Tour I think that'll be good that he, he rested up they engaged him a lot more Cam Murray looked fantastic I thought the pack looked good and Cody and Latrell speak for themselves so and- I, I, if they, again, if they can if they can just be uh, if they can just tighten their defence a little bit, I... I think they, they're. I think they
0: can. I think they can win it. So Parramatta make the grand final last year. Mm-hmm. They finished uh, in the top four. You've taken them and the Cowboys out of the top four and put them towards the back end of the mm. top eight. What's the reasoning behind that? Uh, just gut feel, just gut feel. I, and
1: you know, loss like loss and like the Sean Lane injury. Uh, Isaiah Papalii is a, is a big loss Reed Marnie is a huge loss um and i tell you what you know um, Ryan Madison's mm. you know he's, he's waving at the fine to take a 3 uh to take a 3 week take the 3 week suspension isn't that biting the eels at the moment yeah with their, with their lack of depth and injuries yeah they are the things Matty. i think Marnie's a, a really big loss and i just see other sides just improving um, there's not going to be a lot in the top eight, it'll be, you know, it'll be it'll be cl- close wins or losses that'll separate third and fourth from sixth and seventh. There's no doubt about that. But I, j- I just like other sides, it's, you know. And you sometimes you go into a, when you when you've wasted just about your whole life on rugby league, sometimes you just get a gut feel and you go with it.
0: Yep. So you got the Raiders dipping out of the eight. There's a mm-hmm. fair argument, and you and you've made this argument. In fact, last week you were you were hovering around the Broncos. Um, yep. Pushing to be in the top eight, the Dragons who finished tenth last year, we, we've got them um, finishing further down. Manly, you've already lifted up and elevated into the eight. The Bulldogs are, are probably got an asterisk next next to yeah. them. They could well and truly push it. So, did you find did what were the what were the compelling arguments to say okay maybe not Broncos this year maybe not Bulldogs this year?
1: Uh, Bulldogs because they're on the climb. Uh, they're they're this. They're piecing together. I said the other day that it would not surprise me if the Bulldogs would grab a comp within five years. That's how quickly Gus can assemble a roster. Continues to get quality players in the hunt for other quality players. Probably just... just, They've got to find a really quality playmaker, another quality playmaker in there. Uh, They're on the climb. The other side, the Broncos. I just trust other sides more than the Broncos. Broncos are capable of great things, but... You know their form suggests that when they hit a tough period, they don't come
0: out of it. Let me let me throw this one at you. So your top eight: Panthers, Roosters, Souths, Sharks, the Storm, Cowboys, Manly, and Parramatta. We saw last year, Maddie, with Manly, one effectively one thing ruined their season at the back end. They lost seven straight, and it all came off the back of that pride round. There was other stuff clearly going on, but but one big ticket item derailed their season. Is there a team in the top eight that you've just named that is in danger of having that happen to them? If one thing goes bad, that they could be derailed, or do you see that resilience in that top eight that you've named? Well, I, I see nothing
1: on the horizon. I mean, that can all change within, within an hour. Yeah. You, you, but I see with those sides, I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to really disrupt things. You know, The Mitchell-Moses contract situation has just about all been done. Just a few things to fix up. No, I, like, um, just thinking of the sharks. They're very happy group. Great coach. Yeah, I, I think I think they're all pretty solid. I, more more to the point, Matty. It's like we've spoken about with the Melbourne Storm. There is just their their most important players. How vital they are um, to to Melbourne. Because Melbourne, I think, in Craig Bellamy's whole tenure at Melbourne, this is probably. The skinniest roster he has had during losing all those experienced players.
0: So, out of all the other teams, you got the Panthers sitting on the top, and they're going for Mm -hmm. three wins in a row. And and obviously, you know that's that's a level, that's That's, a level of greatness in this game in this in this modern era. So fatigue
1: is the worry around them. Fatigue, not talent. They've lost some good talent, but it's fatigue. So that's the worry. Yeah, that's that's the worry
0: from within. What's the Uh, target area from? Outside, if you're a, if you're a Roosters, you're a Souths, you're a Sharks. What's your target area to try and stop the Panthers? Um, I th- look,
1: I think they'll go in just saying as you know, being as good as we can be. If you're coming up against the Panthers, what St Helens showed is that if you if you can control the the middle field, then it makes things incredibly difficult on guys like Jerome and, and Nathan and whatnot. Uh, the big out in that game. Uh, against St Helens was Dylan uh, Dylan Edwards. He was uh, close Churchill medalist, and yeah. he's one of the best yardage men. But like uh, I said before, fatigue is the biggest thing for when sides are going to go back to back or back to back to back. It gets harder and harder and harder. And you know, I cite some of those sides that went back to back in the nineties, but you watch it, th- you watch their third campaign, and at the back end of the year, they just hit the wall. You know, either physically or mentally.
0: Yeah, and when you're the hunted, it's a very different it's scenario, hard. isn't it? When you're that, as you point out, when you're the hunted three times over now, I mean they're going Shit. into uncharted territory. They're a young group; they've got everything in place. We know all that, but this is uncharted territory for them. Uh, interesting top eight. So just the one team will come in, according to Maddie, and that will be the Manly Seagulls under Anthony Seibold. Random question before we take a quick break: All three forwards are off contract at the end of this year. If you had to sign one. Who would it be between Spencer, Lenu, Nelson, Asifa, Solomona or David Fafita?
1: (laughs) They've all got their attractions. For the now, I would... uh, Nelson, for the future, Spencer, on talent, Fafita. So take your pick. (laughs) I'd say for the now, I would say uh, Nelson. Um, There's some good signs around Fafita. Yeah. Um, I would be, if I was Justin Holbrook, I'd be spending, throughout the season at times, I'd be switching to the left and putting him alongside Kieran four And I think Kieran could really teach
0: him how to play scientific football. Going to be an interesting one. I'll catch up with Sam Verrells up there on the Gold Coast a little bit later on in the program. It's approaching 20 minutes after 10 for our Sydney listeners, 20 past nine. For those listening in Queensland, this is The Roundup with Matty White, Maddie Johns. Matty Johns' top eight for 2023 is in, folks. Uh, Panthers on top, Roosters to finish second, the Rabbitohs to finish third, the Sharks in the top four again, and then the Storm in fifth, Cowboys sixth, the Manly Seagulls into the top eight, according to Matty, this year in seventh, and the Parramatta Eels, last year's grand finalists, make the eight but in number eight. So no room for the Raiders. A question on that Uh, Matty, and you kind of answered it, but single minor Raiders supporter here texted him, what do the Raiders need to do then to remain in the eight? What's Sticky got to do with them?
1: Uh, Firstly, state the obvious, remain injury-free. Yeah, look, uh, I think, it's funny watching the Raiders play, I, I really, I thought last year was one of Ricky's best coaching performances, in that they started the season, there was all sorts of stuff going on, the players were unhappy, and you know, the club was being split apart, all this sort of stuff. Anyway, watching the first third of the season, it backed up a lot of those conspiracies because I, I, I just thought they didn't look happy. They weren't enjoying their football. They were playing a pretty dour, middle-field style of, of attack. Then suddenly... They played south one day and they just went out there and they just started pushing the ball from edge to edge and opened up the middle field and they just looked terrific. It just it just transformed overnight and suddenly they looked like a really happy side. They went on a good run. and So for Raiders, it's, it's establishing, Matty, a style of football, I think, that's got to be a point of difference. If they go out every week and say, all right, we're going to grind our way to victory, I don't think it's it's the way ahead. The sides that really climb and surprise people find a unique style of play. And that's the thing that elevated Canberra mid-season, just playing with a point of difference. And that's what I think they've got to do again. They've just got to think outside the box a little bit.
0: Mm. Uh, We're going to go through game by game. So we've done your top eight. Uh, The Wooden Spoon. So this is interesting. I I'm interested to know where you're headed for the wooden spoon because you've already in our conversation this morning elevated the dolphins from the bottom mm. to around about well at best case somewhere in near 11th.
1: Yeah, possibly. you know, they'll, they'll be yeah, you know, they'll be doing good, good to get out of that bottom four. It'd be a good season for them to get out of there, but you just look at Wayne, Wayne just he oftentimes will nearly always finds a way and I think it they'll exceed most people's expectation, which for most people expectations in the bottom couple. So I, I, I just I'm backing Wayne to do that around eleven or twelve, who's gonna come last? I, I I hate to do this when people ask because I know as a player you do a pre season and you're training and you're really optimistic, regardless of what people think of it. Then some bludger comes out and says, oh, I think they're gonna come last. Yeah. Look, if you if you frame a market at the moment, if you ask Dragons fans what do you see for the season ahead, I don't think they'd be extremely optimistic, and just all the signs you're seeing at the moment, they look an unhappy playing group, they look, they look divided there's so much going on is that they're going to have to make a change one way or another, Maddie, early in the season, for them not to have a, a really poor year
0: so don't lock them in, but dragons is where you'd be headed. I agree with dragons, you. Dragons, yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. almost like mate. It it is almost like the you know the 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 age old question of which coach goes first. I mean, it, it is part yeah. of the game. There's no doubt about it. It's just a shitty question to be brutally honest about <laughs> well, it because it's somebody's job. Yeah. it is. Do I think that uh,
1: do I think that Ivan uh, Ivan? What am I talking about? Anthony Griffin will be there uh, next year. I'd be. Fall over shocked if I if someone said he was coaching in 2024, and if that's the case, it's just right. out what if they have a slow start to the year, which we're anticipating? What do what do the Dragons board do? That's gonna that's gonna be a defining thing as far as their season's concerned.
0: Round up random questions if you've got any, send them on through. Uh, plenty stacking up on our text machine, Matty 0457736. Seven three six. We'll go to the news with Vanessa. We'll do those and then game by game preview of round one. A roundup, random question for you, Matty. Thank you for that, Vanessa. And Vanessa back in half an hour. Our last half hour of the roundup. Of course, uh, make sure you stay with us. The morning show continues, and an extended interview with Sam Verrells as his new job is about to get officially underway this weekend. They've got the Tigers first, uh, the Gold Coast Titans. So, twenty-four years of age, premiership winner with the Roosters, been there for four years. Brandon Smith, all of a sudden, arrives and he had to go looking for a job, and he's found a pretty good home up there. Here's a random question. Well, it's not really random. It's more of an opinion. If the Panthers win again this season and therefore go three straight, are they the greatest team of the NRL era? Yes,
1: without a doubt. It's funny, isn't it? We go, no-one's gone, no-one's done the hat-trick since Parramatta 81, 82, 83, and when you talk about the greatest side since then... We sort of go, wow, the Brisbane Broncos, how good. The, the Green Machine, mm. weren't they amazing? The Melbourne Storm had that great run. Those couple of seasons where the Roosters just dominated, but the bottom line is it's got to be these guys. It's got to be these young guys. They have been just on record and what they've had to, what they will have had to endure, then they have to be the best side of the NRL era. Mm. Regardless of the profile and
0: the teams, the other, the other clubs put on the park, um, they're the best. Back to uh, just your thoughts on Ricky Stewart. There's a, a random question here. Then uh, you don't have them in the finals this year, but is Ricky then the coach to get them to win a grand final in the future?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, there's no one that I'm looking looking at going. You know, um, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, there's always, you've always got guys like Bellamy that is his last year, but there's no one other coach I'd be looking at there as a as, a, as a, a want for them over Ricky. It's just I think they've just got a they've got a little bit of tinkering to do with their roster. Uh, they get that right and I, 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 they've got to... I think they need to find uh, one more quality playmaker and they're, they're back up there.
0: All right, let's go through round one, mate. Let's get your tips for round one and yep. how you think all this is going to play out. So it starts Thursday night, Combank Stadium uh, at 7.50 is the kickoff. So the Eels off their grand final... Uh, run last year have the Storm first up. And we all know that the Storm just basically do not lose in round one. Mm. What happens in this one?
1: Well, this is going to be really tight, Matty, because Eels, uh, their last trial against Newcastle, watched that closely. They had their tails up. Uh, Mitchell Moses was very, very good in that trial game, as was Gutho. Uh, but I think when you look at this side, you look at Melbourne, and this, is I think, highlights the fact that you know, some of the players that they've lost, but they've got Munster... They've got Jerome and they've uh, and they got Harry Grant. And for that reason, I'm going to go
0: for Melbourne. in a uh, Melbourne, two to four points. Close one to start the season. Uh, we'll be calling both of these matches Thursday night. Joel came with the call there. And then I'll be calling this one on Friday night. So Sky Stadium over in Wellington. The Warriors uh, back home full-time, as we know, against your boys. Uh, how's this going to yes. play out against Newcastle?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the, I thought the Warriors looked... Uh, I thought they looked good in the trials. Excellent against the Tigers. Tigers were horrible in that first one. I'll, I'll say that. But they were they were really really good. And I thought their first half against Melbourne was really strong. Uh, look, the X factor in this is Kalen Ponga. Kalen is the best player in the football field. The most talented player in the football field. If he can if he can get going, Kalen, then Newcastle win. Um, they're gonna. The thing with Calen at the start of the season, Matty, he's going to have to get his endurance on because he's going to be making 30, 35 tackles a week. Um, I think he'll eventually get in. I think eventually he'll be able to handle that and keep his attack what we're used to. Um, look, I'm going to, I'll go for Newcastle. I find it very hard to tip around new, uh, away from Newcastle given my son is in that squad. <laughs> i got my wife staring at me. Yeah. So don't worry, darling. It's okay. But look, I, I think Newcastle on the back of Kalen by a fraction, but I think Warriors will be improver this
0: season. Yeah. Warriors with the bookies at the moment are $1.55 and two forty five mm. for Newcastle. So you're going to stick with Newcastle there. I'll so s- that's the early yeah. Friday night match. Then uh, Bluebet Stadium at Penrith, the Panthers um, almost unbackable against the Broncos.
1: Yeah, but they're unbackable against St. Helens as yeah. well, Maddie. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I think they win it. A um, lot of optimism, apparently, within the Broncos' camp, but to go to... I just don't see Penrith losing two games in a row at home. And I think that World Club Challenge has just given them a bit of an attitude adjustment. They tried to go out their game against St Helens. I think they got everything back the front. They went out there and thought they could win the game through attacking Brilliance, and they just blow them off the park. It didn't happen. They got They got... You know they got ground down, and so I think they're I think they'll return to their blueprint and they'll beat the Broncos
0: Gee it'd be some kind of statement though wouldn't it if the Broncos could mm. cause that kind of upset I mean obviously it'd be the upset of the round, but with so much going on at the Brisbane Broncos that we've touched on that'd be some kind of statement if kevy could get them up to pull yeah. off a heist out at Penrith in round one before heading home to take on the Cowboys, that's some well, kind of statement.
1: Well, the talents there, Matty. Like Reece Walsh, will come into the side. Then you got Selwyn Cobbo. Sel Selwyn Cobbo is a phenomenon. The try he scored in that in that last trial, it was just it was the the class and the ease in which he did it, the way he scored that difficult try that just about ninety nine point nine percent of the players <laughs> wouldn't have been able to score. Was and he got up and just smiled and walked back. The talents there. The talents there. Um, it's it's just once again. I'll repeat myself again. It's getting through the difficult times of the season.
0: Reese Walsh looks very comfortable, doesn't he? Very, mm. very, very comfortable. He could have a massive season. Although
1: so. the only concern when we interviewed the players, we did a we did a bit of a push up competition. Yeah. And right at like no good. Reese is not known for his strength, but well, me and my producer Ben Hogarth, we beat him in the push up competition. That doesn't go well. But then again. He's not. He's not. He's not playing on his hands.
0: <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Now you, I can. I can. I can read. Okay. You stay fit. Mm. You know. You play the game. You, you've done it. You're an athlete. Hogarth really got done by Hogarth.
1: Hogarth producer Ben. Went on a bit of a diet, and he's dropped about 30 kilos. So it's right? all power to weight. Yeah. But even I was surprised. We were doing a push-up, and I thought, oh, might he'll, he'll, I'll blow him off pretty quick. But, mate, he fought to the death.
0: Yeah, nice to hear. Okay, Saturday afternoon. This is going to be a really interesting one. Four Pines Park in Sydney. Um, obviously your connection here again as as you've got at yeah. Newcastle. And then we've got the Bulldogs. So we've got the Seabold era at Manly. We've got the Cameron Serraldo era at the Bulldogs. It's in Manly's backyard. It's a Saturday afternoon game. And the Seagulls have the bye in round two. So this could be a double whammy if they can get it going.
1: Look... The dogs lost that game. Was it convincingly? Yeah, I'll put it this way: the sharks won convincingly over the bulldogs. Bulldogs come up and they will right up for the fight. I have, I don't see a last trial performance having a, you know, losing and not playing your best football. I don't see that as a negative because what it makes you do it makes you go away. And really assess yourself and get things right. Sometimes with a lot of clubs, Matty, I see them play that last trial game and they're fantastic. And what the players do, they go away light a cigar and say, "Well, everything's on track," and then get a rude awakening first round. I think this. I think this game will be a lot closer than people think. But you've got to go manly on the back of DCE and and with Tom Trebovich being back, he and he and his brother Jake with their combination, I expect manly to get the job done.
0: When I look across the weekend, Matty, and I look at the nervous energy in total around, you know, which game, I, I look at that one. I think there's so, there would be so much nervous energy yeah. out of the Manly team. There'd be so much nervous energy out of the Bulldogs. Back to what you were saying about the Dragons before. Both of these guys would just want to get it on and get this new era. Um, both of them would want to get it started. Got some breaking news. Michael Chamis is reporting that Spencer Leoneau has informed the Panthers he's on the way out. So he's informed them that he's going to sign... Uh, Will have signed with the Sydney Roosters for 2024. So there you go. That's a that's a big hit.
1: Well, that's it. And this is what happens when you win competitions, Matty. This is what another reason why it makes it so difficult to win consecutive comps is the fact that the way the salary cap is structured, they just take a layer of class and experience
0: off, off the top. All right, so the Panthers have just confirmed it. So that news breaking as we speak. So another player signing for a season uh, ahead of us. So 2024, Spencer will be at the Roosters and that'll get a lot of people talking. So you're going seagulls (laughs) against the doggies. Uh, (laughs) Saturday night up in Townsville, Cowboys v Raiders.
1: Yeah, look, I expect, uh, I, I think North Queensland get this one done. Uh, I love the style of football that uh, North Queensland played with last year. You talk about playing with a point of difference. They played like the Tigers of 2005, edge to edge, open the middle field up. That, they were terrific. The only thing about North Queensland, and I've been part of sides like this before, in 1995, we had a young Newcastle side that sort of came out of nowhere the year before we came 11th, and... We come third. Made a real good charge. Got beat by Manly in the grand final qualifier. And then the next season, everyone went, wow, here we go. We began as one of the season favourites and missed the finals. And this is – expectations have risen considerably up there. Everybody, all these young guys, a lot of them who are unknown, twelve this time last year have played for Queensland and they've represented Australia and gone away. That can be, that can be really tricky. Uh, if they can – but I, I just think there's enough class and enough upside in North Queensland to have another successful season. But
0: again, I think they'll win this game, but it is a tricky one. Saturday afternoon, that one's Saturday night. And um, this will be a beauty at Pointsbet uh, Stadium. Sharks v Rabbitohs. I, I don't know who to circle here. This is the game of the round. Yeah. Uh, Pointsbet
1: Stadium, start of the season. I. I sort of think... When I look at the two coaches and I look at the two sides, I sort of, like the South still have that little bit of weighing attitude about them in that, you know what boys, like grand finals aren't winning the first couple of rounds, we'll build into this season. Whereas I think Fitzy is going to be absolutely determined to get off to a really fast start. And I believe that there was talk that the Sharks and one of the other clubs had a, had a physical session behind closed doors to prepare both sides for the season. I, I think the Sharks win this one in a tight one, which takes nothing away from me thinking South Sydney can win this competition. It's just that I think... I just think Craig Fitzgibbon will have his side just up that
0: little bit more. Sharks to beat the Rabbitohs. Then Sunday afternoon at Suncorp. So the Dolphins era begins. They've got the Roosters. The bookies say Dolphins $5.50 to win at Roosters $1.15. fifteen.
1: Yeah, look, that's pretty generous to be honest. Dollar fifteen around the Roosters. When when you look at their lineup, the only thing is I just spoke about uh, South Sydney and the fact that their culture is like, okay, we're not going to play our best football this this time of the year. They aren't. They they don't put everything on their first couple of rounds, and the Roosters are exactly the same. They're notorious for being slightly slow starters, but I, I just think
0: they get this one done. All right, Roosters there. And then West Tigers v. Gold Coast Titans. So that's the final round, uh, final match of this first round. Should be a cracker again. Uh, Nice Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening at Leichhardt Oval.
1: Yeah, well, this is just what I spoke about before, about how last trial performances um, can have a bearing of what you produce round one. Both of these sides, their last round performances, uh, both last trial performances were fantastic. Tricky for the Tigers, because the Tigers, since that win over the Canberra Raiders, it's been Tigers fever. People saying, wow, here they go, what's the improvement? And that sort of stuff, that positive publicity can just seep into the team. I had an old coach who used to say all the time, he said, criticism sharpens the sword. (laughs) And he said, an avalanche of positive praise weakens the resolve. And so both of these sides will be really interesting. What they produce, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for the Tigers on the fact that Coruscant are coming back into the starting lineup, and the fact that it's like
0: oval. All right. Tigers to beat the Titans. You got the Dragons winning the buy or are we just, just... Yeah, we'll
1: give them the two points for the <laughs> buy. The they two... need some positive news. Well, there's no, I will say this. There's nothing like waking up on a Monday morning and open the newspaper and seeing yourself towards the top of the table, <laughs> even if it happened because of a buy.
0: Exactly. You'll take that. So there you go. The tips are in. 0457 736 736. I'll recap those for you after this. Uh, on the text line, Peter says, uh, something away from footy. I see where Liv has, as in Liv Golf, has ended up doing a TV deal with Channel Seven, do you have any further info on this one, Matty? Um, Look, I saw that. They've done a deal with Seven Plus. So what they've done, Johnsy, is put it on the Seven uh, streaming device. So they've found themselves essentially a free-to-air partner. They probably wouldn't have paid. Seven wouldn't have paid. It would have just been a bit of a deal to get it on. But it is another chapter in this live golf Yeah, it's another chapter, regardless of of whether or not people think it's the real deal with, you know, is it on streaming or should it be on Channel 7? doesn't matter. It's on a free-to-air network. Now, I caught the first episode, first one-and-a-half on the way home last night from Tassie of the full swing, the Netflix doco on the PGA golf tour and then what happens with all this. And it's fascinating, Matty. I, I know you're not too much of a golf bloke, but golfers are, by nature, really rich um, especially yep. in the PJs, <laughs> they're really odd, um, and most of them are, are close mates. But there's some, you know, pretty big storylines, private jets, the whole stuff. It's it's a cracking series. It 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 blows away that tennis one, the break point one, by far. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, the, the golfers, you tip your lid to them because they're pretty cold creatures, to be able to handle that pressure, stand over a ball, everyone watching, you know, millions of dollars relying on a shot or a putt and get it done. They're cold-blooded. Just on the the sporting documentaries, there's one on Foxtel called Take Us Home, and it's it's the journey of Leeds trying to get into the Premier League and how they fare when they get there. It's fantastic. It's narrated by Russell
0: Crowe. Oh, yeah. uh, But check it out. Very, very good. All right, Take Us Home, and that's on Foxtel and yeah, the, the full swing one on Netflix, it's worth it. We're almost at the end mate of the roundup, but uh, this time next week we'll be digging through matches galore so we'll do the full roundup on the matches that have gone before us, but before we leave, I've got your, your uh, top eight, I've got your tips for the weekend what about premiership, I've got your wooden spooner, what about premiership winner and what do you think very quickly happens in Origin?
1: Well, I think as far as premiership, the Quinella which I'm praying for, how good would it be Roosters versus Bunnies? And I tell you what, I'll go for the bunnies. I'll go. I, I just like what I saw in the uh, in the trial games. Look what I saw, and the way they're handling themselves. Uh, and uh, origin prediction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Latrell and Tommy are fit, we win the series. But. Queensland being Queensland, they're going to probably beat us (laughs) (laughs) 2-1.
0: And that, mate, is a perfect way to finish. Good on you, buddy. Enjoy the week. Uh, Season kicking off on Thursday. You'll be flat stick, and we'll do it all again uh, Monday morning next week.
1: Look forward to it, Matty.
0: Matty John's there on the roundup. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned for the morning show. We continue, and a special guest coming up will be Sam Verrells from the Gold Coast Titans.